0: الحمد لله وكفى على عباده Ibadi, خصوصا على We begin in Allah's blessed name. We praise him and we glorify him as he ought to be praised and glorified. And we pray for peace and for blessings on all his noble messengers. And in particular on the last of them all, the blessed Prophet Muhammad Surah Suratul Kaf and the modern age. The modern age is the age of Dajjal. The greatest fitna, said the Prophet ﷺ, the greatest fitna, fitna means a test or a trial, imtihan. The greatest fitna that mankind would experience from the time of Nabi Adam ﷺ to the last day would be the fitna of Dajjal. When the Prophet was taught the subject of Dajjal, he pointed us to us he pointed out to us that the most dangerous element in the attack of Dajjal is his one eye, implying that he has only external sight and that he is internally blind, and that he seeks to reduce mankind to a state of internal blindness, so that all of mankind will be like him, seeing only with the external side. The Prophet went on to point out that the child comes with two things. What are they? river and fire. But his river is a fire, and his fire is the cool waters of a river indicating the things are not what they appear to be. I'm sure some Calibsonian must have sung on this subject sometime over the last hundred years. Eh? The things are not what they appear to be. That appearance and reality were completely opposite to each other. And if you see with only one eye, You will make your judgment based only on the external appearance. You will get a six for a nine. You'll be deceived. You make a mistake and you lose your faith. (laughs) Those who see with one eye are people who do not recognize Allah. Do not recognize Allah as the Lord, the one who is supreme, and do not submit with humility to their Lord. Musa alayhi salam made the mistake, he said, yes, I am the most learned of all men. And from the time he did that, his internal sight is cut off. And then Allah says, no, there's someone more learned than you are. And who is he? Khidr alayhi salam Khidr means green. Indicating that this is a man whose knowledge, his knowledge is ever green. It's fresh. It's like a fresh breeze. It is knowledge which does not perish. Imperishable. It is knowledge which is not mechanically acquired or mechanically transmitted. Hmm? It is dynamic, it is living. It touches the heart and it brings the heart to life, it makes the heart into pulse. That is the knowledge of Khidr alayhi salam. Then when he met him, when Musa alayhi salam, met him, there were three events, the boat, the boy, and the wall. And on all three occasions, Musa salam was wrong. And on all three occasions, Khidr alayhi salam was right. Why? Here is the crucial ayah of surah to the the crucial ayah Allah says about Khidr alayhi salam wa atainahu rahmatan min indina and we granted to him rahma min indina from us rahma kindness to be kind to show kindness وَعَلَّمْنَاهُ مِنْ لَدُنَّ A knowledge which is with us. Which is with us, Allah. We transmitted that knowledge to him directly. So he didn't get that knowledge through his own personal effort. External observation and rational inquiry. No, that knowledge came to him directly from Allah internal, intuitive, spiritual insight. Because Khidr alayhi salam was blessed with this kind of knowledge, it was possible for him to penetrate beyond the external form or appearance of things to reach the internal reality. That is why he was able to read correctly. What is the price that we pay if we do not, we do not struggle to get that ability to see with the internal side, with the heart. What is the price that we will pay if we do not see with the heart? What is the price we pay? if we adopt this one-eye epistemology, a big word, epistemology, a big word. It means that branch of knowledge which studies, knowledge, epistemology. What is the price that we pay if we adopt that epistemology? That knowledge comes only from external observation, experimentation, rational inquiry. Knowledge does not come from internal spiritual insight. The answer is, now listen carefully. This analysis actually comes from my teacher, Maulana Fadur Rahman Ansari Rahim. I'm just telling you what he taught us now. If knowledge comes from external observation, then only that can be known, which can be observed. Let's repeat that. If knowledge comes only from external observation, then only that can be known, which can be observed. This material world is the only world that we can observe. Hence, it's the only world we can know. Let's repeat that. This material world is the only world we can observe, hence it's the only world we can know of our own effort. The modern world declares, since this is the only world we can know, it follows that this is the only world which exists. Since this is the only world we can know, it follows that this is the only world which exists. In other words, there is no reality beyond material reality. Welcome to materialism. Welcome to materialism. There is no reality beyond material reality. When you're dead, you're dead. Nothing <laughs> after that. When you're dead, you're dead. Nothing after that. What? When these bones have turned to dust, you saying we're going to be raised again? Huh? We don't believe in that nonsense. Who said that? Makkah said that. (laughs) Makkah said that. And the modern world says the same thing. Eh? What is it in Surayasi? When we are dead and our bones are turned to dust, shall we be raised to life? Uh, I've forgotten the ayah. Anyhow, Materialism is not a Mercedes-Benz motor car. (laughs) No. Materialism is the belief that there is no reality beyond material reality. That is shirk. That is shirk. Shirk is not only the worship of idols, Shirk is any contamination of the worship of the One God. When a people believe that there is no reality beyond material reality, then this is the only world And this is the only life and this is the only time that we have. We have no other time other than this time. And so you live for this world. All your dreams are located here in this world. I live for this house up in View. I'll die for this house You see that Toyota Camry I live for that car I'll die for that car hmm? When we were children growing up they taught us say Kasida means Song They taught us a Qasida in the Urdu language that they brought with them from India. Hmm? Now that language is being lost. The Africans brought with them Yoruba and Fulani and Hausa, And now there are some very few words still remaining in our vocabulary here. Very few. But the Urdu language that came from India, some of it has survived. Some of it is lost. So we sing and we don't understand what we sing dunya se dillaga dunya se kya If you give your heart to this dunya, what does the dunya have to offer that will remain, that will abide? Everything comes and goes. Everything perishes and passes away kul man everything will perish and pass away says the quran dunya se illaga kar dunya se kya milega what does the world have to offer that will abide? nothing yaade khuda ki give your heart to allah tujhe ko khuda milega you will get Allah. If you give your heart to Him, you get His love, you get His protection, you get His blessings. Hmm? And so, Surah Al Kaf now comes to teach, with yet another story, to teach the implications of the embrace of materialism you and i would agree that we live in that age today when materialism has embraced all of mankind illa mashaallah illa mashaallah means except those whom Allah has chosen huh, to protect materialism has embraced all of mankind illa mashaallah the story in surah al-kaf is in your handout لَهُمْ مَثَلًا Tell them the story of the two men. جَنَّتَيْنِ مِنْ We gave to one of these two men wealth. He was a rich man. He had two gardens. And in these gardens were, I think the correct pronunciation is vineyard. A vineyard could have grape vines, for example. And in the gardens there were also date palms. Zara could mean corn. It could mean wheat. It means grain. Hmm? Fields of grain. وَكَانَ لَهُ And these gardens produced their crop. وَكَانَ لَهُ Let me let me see you. فَقَالَ لِسَاحِبِهِ وَهُوَ يُحَاوِرُهُ The rich man now addressed the second man, who is a poor man, his companion. وَهُوَ يُحَاوِرُهُ And he is arguing with him, cutting him down. Hmm? Making him look small in his arguments. Wa hmm. huwa hmm. i richer than you. And people show great, give me greater status than you have. When I pull up with my motor car, if you see people that come to open the door for me. So, by virtue of the fact that I am rich, I am a somebody. <laughs> and so his wealth has corrupted him. In this state of internal pride in his wealth, he entered into his garden. He said, I don't think that this wealth of mine will ever perish. It will last forever. So that the internal corruption had led him to live in a dream world, an illusionary world that his wealth would last forever. وما أذنّ وما أذنّ I don't think that this business about uh, the end of the world, Qiyamah, that the world will end, and then we're going to have a judgment and so on. I don't believe in that nonsense. وَمَا أَذُنُّ سَاعَةَ قَائِمَةً وَلَئِنْ رددت إِلَىٰ ربي لَأَجِدَنَّ مِنْهَا But if it does happen that there is a Lord, and it does happen that there is a Qiyamah, and it does happen that there is a judgment, you know what I believe? I believe that when I go to here, I go get even better than what I have here. Were he really living in a fool's paradise? <laughs> he is living in an illusionary world. He is living in dreamland. And that is the reality of most people today. The poor man, the companion, the second man, now takes on the first man and responds, he argues with him. Akafarta Will you deny, will you reject belief? in he who created you from dust, and who then created you from a drop of sperm, and who then fashioned you in the way in which he fashioned you. Look at this at your fingertips and you will see the perfection of his fashion. Will you reject this? لَوْلَا إِذْ دَخَلْتَ جَنَّتَكَ كُلْتَ مَا شَاءَ Why did you not, when you entered into your garden, for the new house you built, and you're entering into this new house, the new car you buy, and you're driving your new car, huh? and you're so happy with what you have, why did you not see Masha Allah. La illa billah. Oh no, I left out something. Let me get the Arabic text, I'm missing out. Who are you, how will who at the Fatabi Lady Halaka come into Rab for Mammy not fit wa Massa work or other. La in a who a law who For my part, he says, I declare my faith in Allah, my Lord. And I will not commit shirk by associating any in the worship of my Lord. Walaula istakhl jannataka kulta ma sha Allah. He then went on to ask the rich man, why did you not see when you entered into your garden, MashaAllah, this is by Allah's will that I got whatever I have. Eh? The job I have, the house I have, the car I have, the wife I have, all of these things, whatever wealth I have, Masha Allah It is by Allah's will La quwwata illa billah There is no power but with Allah In Tarani. ana أَقَلَّ مِنكَ kamalan wa If you want to measure me to see what is my worth yes I have less wealth than you. I have less sons than you, less family than you. I have the status that you have in respect of wealth or in respect of family. أَن خَيْرًا مِّن But, take warning that my Lord can give to me that which is better, something which is better than your garden. وَيُرْسِلَ عَلَيْهَا مِنَ السَّمَاءِ فَتُصْبِحَ سَعِيدًا زَلَقًا And Allah can take away what you have. He can destroy your garden with thunderbolts from heaven. And He can reduce your garden to sand. So take warning. Or, he can cause the water. Did I mention there was a river running between? No, I forgot that. That is the problem when you're only operating from your head and not from the text. Between the two gardens, Allah put a river in between. Allah can cause that water to disappear. The river could dry up, and if the river dries up, you have no water. Your garden gone. فلن hmm? And when the water runs off. The water dries up. You will never be able to preserve your God. It will perish. Faaspaha yukallibu kafayi ala ma'am fa kafiha wa iya khawiya ala orushiha wa ya kulu ya leitani la muushrik bi rabbi a So said, so done. All his produce of the gardens, all the fruits and the enjoyment that came with it were all encompassed, embraced with ruin and then when his gardens were ruined because Allah took away the water and now he's seeing all the money he spent to keep these gardens as they were, he's seeing everything lost, everything ruined and that day is coming, that day is coming. For those who today are permanently rich and have become the slave masters of the world, this day is coming for them. When everything will be lying in ruins. Then he began to wring his hands in anguish. And then these words came out of his mouth. Ya Laq ushrik bi rabbi ahada. Woe unto me that I committed this act of shirk. Where is the shirk? Yeah, he was worshipping his wealth, not Allah. He put his wealth first. I live for my wealth, not for Allah. I live for my job, not for Allah, I live for my green card, not for Allah, <laughs> I live for this woman, not for Allah, I live for this car, not for Allah, it is shirk. If Allah is not supreme in your life, then someone else or something else will be supreme. And that someone else or something else other than Allah, who is supreme in your life, results in shift. وهي خاوية على عروشها ويقول يا ليتني لم أشرك بربّي أحدا ولم تكن له فئة ينصرونه من دون الله وما كان منتصرا. No, could he find? All the people who were there to open the car door for him, who were all there worshipping him when he was rich, no he had nothing, none of them had it. <laughs> they all abandoned him. So he could not find those who could help him against Allah. Nor was there any way that he could get out of this awful state. In which he now was. Surah Al Kahf is proclaiming. Protective power is with only Allah. Only Allah can protect you. Al-Haqq, <laughs> the true one. <laughs> He is the best to reward, and he is the best to determine what is to be. And so what happened was that wealth corrupted him. He figured that now he's rich, he's a somebody, and that poor, he's a nobody. This is an age I think we will recognize easily which fits perfectly into the pattern drawn in Surah al Kaf. That the rich are very often, not always, very often corrupted by their wealth. The dunya corrupts them. And as a consequence, they lose their faith in Allah, they commit shib. But the story has another beautiful part to it. And that is, that the poverty of the poor man did not corrupt him. It sends a message of hope to the poor masses around the world, who only have a piece of red fruit or dal and roti. They can't afford to even buy a car, to buy gas for the car. Every month is struggling to make ends meet. When they see the partner driving a BMW, they do not allow their poverty to now corrupt them. And say, now, nah, let me get a gun, eh? I went into 2 o'clock in the morning, I go into somebody's house and break it in, and I'm going to take by force. No. They do not allow their poverty to corrupt them. They say, be careful with your wealth. Allah could take it away. And Allah can give to me better than what you have. And so they put their trust and their faith in Allah. And they are being patient in their poverty. our life, we commit shift. This is materialism, where we do not recognize a reality beyond material reality. Now we come to the really serious part of the subject. The modern world has taken Allah out of the political system. Because we were born in it, we've lived all our life in it, and it has been embraced by all of mankind, la mashallah, we stop thinking about it critically, and so we are unable to recognize the shirk in the political system. Since there is no reality beyond material reality, reality, it's only this dunya, nothing else beyond this. It means that there is no sovereignty located with Allah. Sovereignty is now down here in the state. Supreme authority is no longer recognized with Allah. Supreme authority is now located here in the state. The supreme law is no longer Allah's law. The supreme law is the law of the state. Allah could make something haram, like lending money on interest, banking. Allah could make it haram, but we could make it haram. We could legalize it. The modern state is a secular state and the very definition of a secular state is that it does not recognize Allah as being supreme over the state. You could believe in Allah if you want. You could believe in an idol. You could believe in the Jumbi. That's not our business. You could believe in any God you want. Does not, it doesn't affect the state. Once you accept that there is no God whose authority, authority transcends the authority of the state. Once you don't believe that, you are part of our system. But the minute you declare that there is something beyond the authority of the state, the sovereignty of the state, the law of the state, higher than that, to which you must give supreme loyalty. Now that is treason. He is a fundamentalist, he is a terrorist. And so we accept the Political implications of materialism. We accept the modern secular state. That is shirk. <clears throat> when the state makes halal what Allah made haram, is that also shirk? Like it was in the sixties, I believe, the PNM government brought state-sponsored lottery to Trinidad. Hmm? And there were some Muslim ministers in in the cabinet. I said, We are voting on that. (laughs) So they made halal what Allah had made haram, lottery. And then when the PNM went and the UNC came, then they also continued. The NAR also continued the lottery. I don't think lottery ever stopped. No? Good. Okay. So you made halal what Allah made haram, meaning you legalize it. Is that shirk? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. The Quran says in Surah Al Tawbah, اتخذوا بيتوكف. Akbarahum wa Ruhbanahum arbaba min dunillah. They took their priests and their rabbis as lords and gods beside Allah. Which surah? Tawbah, correct. I'll keep you in the Surah Tawbah. They took their priests and their rabbis as lords and gods beside Allah. Arbab. Wal Masih And they did the same thing with the Messiah, the son of Mary. وَمَا أُمِرُوا إِلَّا أَنْ يَعْبُدُوا إِلَّهَا But they had not been ordered other than to worship one God. La ilaha Illa, Who there is no God but who? But Him. Subhanahu, glory be to Him. Amma yushrikun. Far removed is He from this act of shirk of taking your priests and your rabbis and your maulanas. As your lords and God beside Allah. So a man came to the Prophet, He said, O Messenger of Allah. But the Christians don't worship their priests. And the Jews don't worship their rabbis. How could Allah say so? To which the Prophet replied and he said, did they not make halal what Allah made haram? That is their shirk. And did the people not follow them in it? That is their shirk. My question is if it is shirk, when the priest and the rabbi make halal what Allah made haram, then would it not be shirk when the government do the same thing? Huh? Yeah. Okay. Nobody differs. So this government committed shirk. when it made halal, what Allah made haram, and you know it committed shirk. This one, the PNM or the UNC or the whatever it is, and then election come, and you went and you dip your finger. you Your finger. In other words, you are saying this stain on my finger is the proof that I recognize these people as fit to rule over me, a people who have committed shirk. So you follow them into the shirk. So you have committed shirk. Huh? You think anybody gonna listen to me? I have been arguing this case in the United States, in Australia, in New Zealand, in South Africa, in Pakistan, in India, in Bangladesh, in Malaysia, in Singapore, all many places, so many places. Do people listen to me? In Malaysia, the answer is Sheikh Imran, If we go and vote the Chinese and then go win the election, you go take over? <laughs> That is the answer get. If we don't go on vote then go get the win direction and go take over. So we have to vote. We don't care about this business or shirk. The prophet said he said the time will come when people will no longer care for the distinction between halal and haram. Here is political shirk. But you cannot convince one-eyed people. A one-eyed man cannot be convinced by a man who sees with two eyes. The only way you can convince him is if you can touch his heart. And this is why when they hit you, as they're hitting me now, (laughs) when they hit you, And they hit you with a piece of wood. And they hit you with a stone. And they hit you with a piece of iron. You have to be able to take the blows. You have to be able to show patience. You still have to retain kindness in your heart because you are dealing with a people who can't see. If, by Allah's grace, you're able to touch the heart. And then that heart turns to Allah. (coughs) And then some noor enters into that heart. Then that man can see and understand what otherwise he could not see and understand. This is political shirk. There is shirk in the economy. (coughs) Ribah. And you say, well, I see nothing wrong with the banking system, man. What are you talking about? You can't just have people lending money and not getting something in return for lending the money. And if you want to borrow money, you have to pay a price for the money. So banking is something we have to live with and we don't see anything haram in it. From the time you accept in principle that it is permissible for money to be lent on interest, you have made halal what Allah made haram. Hmm? Around the world today, the economy around the world, except in the most remote villages, the economy around the world is based on riba. Mm-hmm. And the Prophet said to Islam that the age of Dajjal will be the age of Kathrat Riba. Mm-hmm. There is shirk in the political system, there is shirk in the economy, there is shirk The man was suffering with his heart and he got a heart attack and they put him in an aeroplane and they fly him to New York, Mount Sinai Hospital in Manhattan. He had a heart operation transplant. And after some time, the man come back home and he looking good. So he say, you know, if I didn't get that operation, I would be dead. If they didn't take me to that hospital, I would be dead. If I didn't go to that doctor, I would be dead. If I didn't have this medicine, I would be dead. Huh? If they didn't have that piece of equipment, i would be dead. <laughs> oh, I see. So life and death is now in the hands of that piece of equipment. Not a lie. Anymore. Life and death is now in the hands of that hospital. <laughs> Not Allah anymore. Life and death is in the hands of that doctor. Not Allah anymore. This is not to say that a Muslim should not make use of the benefit of medical science. Not at all. But at all times, we must remain firm in our conviction. Life and death are in Allah's hands. A student of mine, about three years ago, It was Christmas time, December in Manhattan, winter time. And I'm delivering a lecture in a masjid in Midtown, Manhattan. In the middle of the lecture telephone call, come, tell Sheikh Imran, interrupt his lecture, come straight to the hospital. The student is in the hospital. So I went to the hospital. He was on some life support system. The doctors eventually after a few hours they came to us and they said to us we would like to suggest that the machine be turned off because we don't think that there is any hope left for him. The family in Pakistan on the phone, no, don't turn off the machine. Because if you turn off, you are dead. <laughs> so I spoke to the wife. I said to her, "If your husband is to die, the machine can't keep him alive. And if your your husband is to live, turning off the machine will kill him. Do you believe that, sister?" She said, yes. I said, tell the doctor, she turn off the machine. The man died a couple hours before. And the chest was only pumping up and down. He dead long, a few hours ago he died. The hospital making more money, you The minute you believe that life and death is located in some doctor some hospital, some operation, Instead of Allah, you commit shirk. I've given you three examples already. Political shirk, economic shirk, shirk in the hospital. (laughs) Now if you'll excuse me, let me turn the shirk in the bedroom. And this one you must have the courage to take it out you must have the, summon the courage to be able to teach this of you. in the bedroom. When uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent down the revelation for the fast of Ramadan, prior to this we were fasting in accordance with the law of the Torah, which was from sunset to sunset. No food, no drink, you could not go to your wife. But this was difficult for us. To stay away from our wives during the night time. Then Allah responded, and he sent down the revelation. And he says, Oh, <speaking in Hebrew> it is now halal for you. Lay let us during the nights of fasting. <speaking in Hebrew> to go to your wives. <speaking in Hebrew> They are your garments, make you comfortable. Wa antum right. and you are the garments, or their garments. You make them comfortable. Alim Allah, Allah knew. Alim Allahu annakum kuntum tahtanoon So Allah knows what you used to be doing secretly when you were supposed to be staying away from them allah has now turned towards you mercifully you could have hear those people saying oh. <laughs> we get <can't tell> away <laughs> Allah has turned towards you mercifully and Allah has forgiven you and so now you are now permitted to embrace them during the nights of fasting of Ramadan. But when you embrace them, Wabtagu Ma Now when you embrace them, for what Allah has written for you. So Allah does the writing. He writes how many children you will have. He writes when you will have the children. He writes how many boys you will have, how many girls you will have. He does the writing. The modern world of shirk says, No... Husband and wife must sit down together and decide. Well, here, you now, sweetheart, I think we will have the first child three years from now, okay? And then take a little breeze off now for another three years, and then we will have the next child. Hmm? And now you can actually make, make order, make order. When you want a boy, you decide. You want a boy and doctor? You decide which one you want. Tomorrow if you want blue eyes, you have blue eyes as well. And then when you had the required number that you want, you decide, hey, close up shop. Yeah, that's it. No one. It is called by a sophisticated term, it's called family planning. And we all swallow it. All of us, Allah, swallow it. It's called family planning. It's called planned parenthood. So what happened to the Quran? What happened to Allah's book which says that it is Allah who does the writing. How many children you would have and when you will have them. Which is not to say The Qur'an does not make allowance for abnormal circumstances. For example, when there is no food available, and you are dying of hunger, and the only food that is available is pork. The Sharia permits you to eat the pork. Mm -hmm. To stay alive. It's called the doctrine of necessity. The pork is still haram. Even when you are permitted to eat it, it still remains haram. But you are permitted to eat it because of abnormal circumstances. But when you eat in the pork, remember, don't fold the plate. (laughs) And when you eat in the pork, remember, don't lick your fingers. And when you're eating the pork, remember don't go and invite all the neighbors to come and join in eating the pork. Which is what's happening in North America. They say we invoke the doctrine of necessity because that's the only way you can buy a house. With a bank loan of interest. Invoking the doctrine of necessity. So they full the plate with pork, they buy the biggest house they can buy. And when they're eating the pork, they're licking their finger. We love this house we have bought with a bank loan and interest. And when they eating the pork, they invite all the neighbors, come to Manali, we have Quran, Kwani. <laughs> buy a house. So everybody come and they're reading the Quran. Oh, okay, buy a house in Riba. <laughs> that is Islam in North America. If a woman's life would be endangered, with pregnancy. Then the doctrine of necessity permits you to take steps to try to prevent pregnancy. But even when you take these steps to try to prevent pregnancy because of the danger to her life, you still declare, Oh Allah, I am doing this. But if you have written a child, nothing I can do can prevent it. So here is Shriya. In the bedroom. <laughs> shirk. In the hospital. Shirk in the market. <laughs> and shirk on election day. But the only ones who will recognize this shirk. Are the ones who are able to penetrate beyond the external form. To reach the internal substance of things. Let us end our subject for today there. Uh, On Sunday, we have a lecture at the San Fernando Technical Institute at half past ten in the morning. And inshallah, when we say half past ten, we mean half past ten. We would like to get volunteers uh, who can help us. Uh, We would like to see as many Christians as possible to come. And we should have people who can go out and welcome them and put them to sit. We have to ensure that we sit, have a seating arrangement as Allah has ordained in the masjid. Namely that the men sit at the front and the women sit at the back. The reason why Allah has done that is because if you put the woman in the front, the men can't concentrate. Isn't it? That is the divine wisdom. You you have more wisdom than Allah. So it is not something negative to the woman that Allah put them at the back. It does not give them inferiority status. It is Allah's wisdom. Hmm? If the woman has more piety in her heart than her husband, she stands taller than him. In the name of Jesus <Sýstas> Christ, the name of Jesus Christ, the name of